It is Monday, September 12. A very good morning to you. The Big Sports Breakfast, Sky Sports Radio. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. And what a weekend it was. Uh, Week one of the AFL finals delivered in spades. And as did the NRL over the weekend. Uh, The drama of yesterday, South and the Roosters, 30-14. to In a match, I think, went two hours and eight minutes just about by the time it flicked over to the news on nine anyway. And in the end... The Roosters and the Melbourne Storm are out. Um, I don't know if a lot of us thought that both those underdogs would win over the weekend, but Loz, morning to you. Your Raiders, superb on Saturday evening, but uh, what a game that was yesterday. Uh, the Book of Feuds, another chapter written, the drama. <laughs> the referee, Ashley Klein, had a huge say in proceeding. Seven sin bins, an NRL record. Yeah, well, we'll see what comes of that today, Mido. Good morning to everybody. Uh, I enjoyed the weekend's football. Um, some great atmosphere, some great football played, uh, some upsets, and exactly what we thought uh, coming into this weekend's round that most teams could win. Um, and we saw some good football, but yesterday at Allianz Stadium, I don't think anyone was expecting that type of reaction. Um, what was going to happen during that game? Seven sin bins, the most in the NL- NRL era. Um, it got sort of to the stage yesterday where I thought, He'd lost control, Ashley Klein. I mean, he, he, you know, sending seven people to the to the sin bin in a game. I've never seen it before. I thought players at times were looking for penalties. Um, it's something that I've disliked for a long period of time, um, and I just think we've made a rod for our own back. And not only in that game, all games over the weekend, and then you see with obstruction calls. Yeah. Um, you know, players just taking dives oh. to get penalties. It's just, it's become a bit of a, a running joke, to be perfectly honest. And it's something that the, the game has created because they've bought in these rules and it's allowed players to do it. And I don't know how they take it back. I, I, I think they have to come to a consensus at some point in time that this is not a good look for the game. Players will continue to do it because they know they can get away with it. Pop. Morning to you, mate. How's the weekend? Morning, boys. Morning to our listeners. Yeah, good weekend. Apart from watching that game of footy, uh, Ashley Klein, please, Loz. He's got to go. Mate, he's hopeless in the bunker. <laughs> yeah. How does he even get on the field? That is embarrassing. Seven sim. If, it, if that's not school principal behaviour, I don't know what is. Mm. You talk about a referee or an umpire ruining a game. That was, it was nearly t- as much as the, it was a great game of footy. It was nearly, nearly wanted to turn off. It was like any – what about the send-off? I can't even remember the players. Was it Victor Radley for the – No, what about for like touching the player's face yeah, on the like... ground? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, what? Well, he made a rod for his own back because he was sending off people for any – Mate. Any slight contact around – That was embarrassing. Region. And there were some incidents in that game that will be looked at today that weren't slight contacts either, by the way. Yeah. You know, there were some incidents there that deserved to be looked at – a lot more seven heavily and, and punished. But to have seven guys go to the, the bin, and in the end, I thought, it, uh, as I said, at times, players from both sides, from both sides, they knew what was happening. And they knew that if they stayed down, then it was at least going to be a penalty and the possibility of someone going to a sin bin. We, we bragged about the Origin Series, how good the refereeing was. Absolutely loved it. Yet we get to finals footy. We haven't, we haven't even seen that in a round game. That was that was honestly like he, he wanted it to be touch footy. 
Like you had to tackle below the waist, otherwise you're going to be sent off. Sent off. Yeah. Uh, it, I, that was it. for me. Like I say, I love watching rugby league. I don't know. How, I you want to change your channel. Just wanted to change your channel. It was horrible. Yeah, there were some there that you disagreed with, but I mean, at the end of the day, he'll have to live with it. Ashley Klein. He cannot get. He game. cannot get another game, mate, in in this final series. Oh, probably not after that. No way. And out of the bunker as well, because how many times he ruined that? <laughs> He's made some I... shocking decisions in the bunker. Well, the you bunker can't get got involved ro- yesterday yeah. as well, though. Like the, the yeah. Victor Radley first sin bin. That wasn't a punch. That is not a punch. No, it wasn't a punch. And and therefore they set the standard, yeah. and they set the standard at a very low level. But is that, Ashley, is that Ashley Klein or is that somebody telling him that's how we want you to referee? Well, the bunker would have said to Ashley Klein that I've there was a punch. punch. And then when there's a punch, you've got no option as a, as a ref. But surely you're in control. You're there looking at it on the big screen. You can talk to the bunker all the way through. The action and say, mate, do you, what do you reckon? Is that a is that a punch? Is it more a push? Is it more a shove? In my view, it looks more like a shove from where I'm standing here in the middle of the ground watching it on the big screen. Are you sure it's a punch? Communication like that can happen, but it didn't. It was basically the bunker says, "Well, that's a punch," and then Ashley Klein goes, "Well, he's got to go." And once that happened, from there, you knew that anything, anything that was close to being a sin binning or a penalty was always going to happen. The Roosters, they're up against it, weren't they? James Tedesco went off, uh, what, inside 20 minutes after suffering a head knock and uh, failed his HIA, Angus Crichton. Uh, Takiaho there at one stage, well, he played the ball sideways. Uh, such was the knock that he copped as well. He came back on him, though, though later, didn't he? But uh, the Roosters, they're running out of troops. Daniel Tupo. Uh, Ranged his groin, so and the Roosters. So the big, brave. They, the big one was when they lost Tedesco. That that was the big loss for the Roosters. Is when Burgess collected, uh, not Tupo, sorry, Tedesco. When when Burgess collected Tedesco and he left the field, and we got the message that he was going to return, but then he got delayed symptoms and um, didn't participate in the game again. And that's where the loose uh, Roosters lost their way. You know, they got caught up in the emotional side of the game. They were giving away penalties. Uh, both teams at times scored when they were a man down, which was unusual in that type of uh, game. But I think when Tedesco left the field, that's when the Roosters' chances uh, diminished because without him being on the field, they lost their best player. And Swali's a very good player, but he's just not ready to play fullback yet. Um, you know, we saw what Tedesco did the previous week against the Roosters. He takes carries every set. He's always a constant danger with the ball, and they missed him. Uh, his calmness, his leadership when he wasn't on there. So Souths now play again at Allianz Stadium this week, Saturday night against the Sharks. We'd have the Bunnies a slight favourite, so dollar eighty. The Sharks two dollars coming off a devastating loss at home, thirty-two thirty in Golden Point after well the ten-minute extra time period couldn't split them. And then it was a two-point field goal from Valentine Holmes from 45 out, which ensured the Cowboys got a, an upset victory there over the Sharks. And they will host a preliminary final in Townsville on Saturday week. So what an opportunity the Cowboys have now to make a grand final. And Parramatta, $1.53 up against the Raiders. Laws $2.50. That's Friday night at Combank. 
And there's a very big opportunity or very big chance, I think, that both these teams could go out in straight sets, Parramatta and, and, and Cronulla. The heat is on the Eels in particular. Well, they haven't got a great finals record, the Eels, and they just didn't give themselves an opportunity on Friday night. Penrith was superb. Nathan Cleary led that team brilliantly. His kicking game was outstanding, and the five weeks rest certainly helped him. But there was no... I don't know where there was no plan, but they just didn't get to Cleary. They didn't put him under pressure. He was allowed to do what he wanted. He had plenty of time and space, and if you give Cleary that time and space, he will kick you to death. And just their system is so good, Penrith, that they go um, and roll down the field. Their line speed in defence was great, and they really never gave the the, the Eels a a chance. Um, The Cowboys are in the box seat to play Penrith in the grand final. Big time. They, you know, playing a home semi-final in Townsville is massive, so it's going to be a big ask for the Raiders or Parramatta, whoever progresses through to that prelim final. Um, and then on the other side of the draw, you've got the Sharks taking on uh, South Sydney this weekend at Allianz Stadium, and both those teams coming off big games, massive games. You know, the emotion of yesterday for the South Sydney team, um, and then you've had Cronulla going into double extra time at Shark Park on... On, on, on Saturday night as well, where they would have rude their missed chances, the Sharkies. They had an opportunity to win that game. Mm-hmm. Jason Taumalolo, one of his best performances, you know, scoring with only, what, 10, 15 seconds to go on the clock to take the game into extra time. Uh, and then Valentine Holmes to kick that field goal from 45 metres out was a special play going back there, playing against his former club, a team where he won a grand final, or who he won a grand final with. Um, and, yeah, the Cowboys, they, they sit pretty. They've got a, a very hard-working forward pack. They've got some class in the back line, and to play a home prelim, that puts them right in the box seat to progress through to the grand final, I think. Incredible. A club that finished 15th last year is one game away and will host a prelim final. On the back page of the Daily Telegraph, there's Latrell Mitchell, arms stretched out wide. I've been bashed down 10 times, and I've got up 11, is the headline there. Yeah, he... Well, he didn't have much of an influence the week before in the 26-16 to 16 defeat, but yesterday, with it all on the line in an elimination final, uh, he had some good moments and uh, was involved in just about every all-in scuffle as well. Loss <laughs> in typical Latrell fashion, loves being around the niggle and was involved heavily in that as well yesterday. Yeah, look, I thought he was tremendous. Cody Walker, I thought he and... Cam Murray, the best two players on the paddock, um, very instrumental in everything that occurred for South Sydney, had a hand in uh, plenty of tries. Cody Walker and Cam Murray, you just saw the influence that he has on this team. He missed the previous week's game where he left the field, what, the second tackle of the game, um, and they missed his defence in the middle, but also missed his ability in the ball to be that link player as a 13. Uh, I thought he was terrific yesterday. Um, It's going to be hard for South Sydney to back up um, their saving grace is the fact that the Sharks had to play a tough game the night before as well, or a long game um, the night before. Um, so both these teams played extra football and tough games of football. Um, but we've got one hell of a final series and we've got some drama to talk about out of all weekend's games, all the weekend's games. But yesterday, seven sin bins, that's way too many in a game of football of that intensity and you know, I think a lot of people will want to have their say this morning and we'll, we'll take everyone saying it, but I, I just didn't think it was a good look having seven players sent to the sin bin and at times having people just look as like... It looked like they were staying down just knowing that they were ho- or hoping they were going to get a penalty from it. Mm. 
Uh, back page of the Herald, bin fire, and uh, there it is. The seven sin bins, Radley twice, Tane Milne twice, Warrior Hargreaves, Burgess, and Totola. Uh, now, on the back page of the Australian, seven deadly sins of brutal clash. Again, talking about the South Roosters game there yesterday, but also on the back page of the Australian pup, no Finch fairy tale as Aussies fight back. So uh, on uh, Friday, I think it was, or Saturday, Aaron Finch, uh, announced his retirement from one-day international cricket. He's set to lead Australia into their 2020 World Cup defence. He made five in his final innings, was uh, bowled uh, there yesterday as Australia wrapped up the series by 25 runs, uh, 3-0. They swept the Kiwis. Yeah, good win from the Aussies and a good series after that loss to Zimbabwe. Steve Smith, good 100. I think Lavashane got 50-odd as well. So uh, New Zealand have been poor, to be honest. I think they missed two opportunities in the first two games where they hesitated and were uh, expected Australia to fold, and they didn't. Uh, and then the Aussies found a way to win, um, and the Aussies were too good yesterday. But Finchie, very good one-day career. Um, his records speak for it, speaks for itself. Um, he's made the decision to to walk away from the game, and yeah, he's out of nick. There's no doubt about it. Hopefully, he can find some form before the 2020 World Cup. I like that he hasn't retired from the T20s. I I think that would have been a, a huge distraction for the Aussie boys if he'd retired from both. Um, only been a couple of weeks away from that World Cup, so now the key is to get him into form. I think they've got three one day or three 2020s. It might be in India. Um, before the World Cup. So, yeah, he's just got to find a way to get one score and then I think he'll be fine. But I'd love to see him have a good T20 World Cup and um, find a way to help Australia win that tournament. And then if he decides to walk away from that, then then so be it. But, yeah, very good one-day player uh, and deserves a lot of credit for... The, I think tactically he's, he's been very good as well, captaincy-wise, uh, in the one-day format. Quite aggressive and, again, I know he's out of form in these three one-days, but... New Zealand are the current number one team in the world, and we dominated them. So I thought tactically it was very good. Interesting that Finch essentially endorsed David Warner to be in the mix to take over as one-day international captain. So this uh, decision that Cricket Australia, well, it looks like they've almost been avoiding, is going yeah. to have to uh, well, you know, come to a head very, very soon. I don't, I don't think I don't think you'll see them change them. I, I don't think they'll select David Warner to be the short-form captain over... You know, Pat Cummins or Steve Smith, I think, is vice-captain in this series. I don't think they will do that. But, yeah, Davey Warnham tactically is a very good captain. I've, I've watched a lot of his captaincy through the 2020 stuff in the IPL. Um, I, I, I've been thinking about this over the weekend. What way will they go? You know, I think um, the selectors just going to really make a decision. Do they want one captain for all three formats or do they want separate leadership? Um, that's what it'll come down to. Um, they could give it to Pat Cummins if they wanted the one captain or, um, yeah, there's plenty of options in that one-day outfit. Um, and then let's wait and see. If Finchie hasn't mentioned what he's going to do with the 2020 stuff, I think that'll be dictated by, firstly, how he performs, but secondly, how Australia goes in this Home World Cup starting, what is it, middle of October? Mm. Uh, gee, there's a lot of sport on this morning. The uh, men's US Open final coming up soon between Casper Ruud and Carlos Alcaraz. Uh, and uh, the market with tab for that has Alcaraz $1.46, Roods $2.80. Loz, we've just watched as well in here this morning, very elegant run third overnight in a field of six in a 2,400-metre group two at Longchamp. Uh, she led them up, fought hard, beaten just a length in the end. So it'll be fascinating now to see what Brace and the ownership group does because they basically said if she... That was you know, a better run form, than the first It was a much better run. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's one of those sort of almost 
I reckon they'd be torn after watching that. I don't know. Because well, you know she clearer. wasn't beaten far. Well, you know, clearer in your decision, I don't mm. think, after watching her run that, because she was gallant. She was very brave, and she didn't get beaten by much. Um, is it just a matter of she just takes a bit of time to settle in over there and she'll get better with racing? Um, after watching that, without knowing how she pulled up, you would think that she'll run again. Mm. Yeah, I think you'd go. You'd go to the well again. Yeah, there. I, th- I think so. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, third in a field of six there overnight. Uh, U.S. Open final now. Uh, also the Formula One. That's what I wanted to touch on overnight. Daniel Ricciardo, uh, a DNF, engine problems, and caused the race there in Italy. The Grand Prix he won last year, in fact, at Monza, uh, to finish it in a safety car, and. Uh, Max Verstappen won from Charles Leclerc. George Russell of Mercedes filled the podium. So a DNF and Lando Norris, his teammate there at McLaren, finished seventh there in the Formula One Grand Prix. There is a stack of texts already. 0419767272. Give us a call. 13.53.53. Heroes and villains. This Monday morning. Uh, morning legends. My heroes definitely St. George AFL Rezies who beat the unbeaten of two years in extra time, including a late smother from the big brother, Villains New Zealand, were disappointing. Uh, so, Laurie, two teams have won with 11 men this year. Both teams lost the next game. Uh, right at Narra, Mido, the Sharks will beat Souths. I take nothing, nothing out of the game yesterday. Very false win, Souths. We'll have some players suspended uh, for sure. Um, heroes and Villains, Hero Week 1, NRL Week 1, great games. Villain Latrell Mitchell, all he needs to do is play and stop his antics because he's a bloody good player. I'm not a South supporter, says Tony at Manly. Uh, morning, boys. My hero is this time of year, footy finals and group racing. It's just gold. Um, my villain is your own D. Stanley. Absolute gave, absolutely gave it to his mate. Uh, it's just refreshed on me. Absolutely gave it to his mate. I'll come back to that, actually. I've lost it. But uh, heroes and villains, give us a call. 13.53.53. Here it is. For going to a day spa, yet he has one Harry Styles concert ticket tucked away in his man bag, says Grant from Newey. (laughs) Is that right? Anyway. Welcome back to the Big Sports Breakfast. Gee, what about the drama we're watching here, Loz, in the NFL Week 1 matches? Pittsburgh and Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati just score a touchdown right at the end of the game. Just need to kick the extra point. They've won, but it's blocked. So Pittsburgh and Cincinnati headed to extra or to overtime there. Uh, stacks of games on there this morning. You can watch them all on your tab app for tab account holders as well. And that US Open final about to get underway between Carlos Alcaraz and uh, and his opponent, Casper Ruud. They're looking for their first Grand Slam titles, aren't they? Uh, in the Formula One overnight. And Denny Ricciardo, who started fourth on the grid in the Italian Grand Prix at Monza, which he won last year, of course. Unfortunately, he f- had a DNF due to engine problems late. And Max Verstappen has won from Charles Leclerc and George Russell. In the supercars yesterday, Shane Van Gisbergen won two of three races uh, and Will Davidson won the other in Auckland over the weekend, and uh, there was a bit of a spat in pit lane as well between Erebus boss Barry Ryan and Mark Winterbottom having an altercation after Will Brown uh, crashed after he was nudged by Winterbottom. So some drama over there across the ditch, 
yesterday, but uh, we're looking ahead now to week two of the NRL finals and preliminary final weekend in the AFL as well. And on Saturday afternoon or Saturday twilight, 4.45 first bounce, it'll be Sydney up against Collingwood. What a huge game this is, Loz, for a place in the GF. Geez, there'll be plenty of people there at that game, Bido, and that precinct on Saturday night will be humming. You've got the AFL game, and then, of course, you've got the NRL game with the Sharks taking on South Sydney. But there's been a call to arms from Collingwood President Jeff Brown to have all the Collingwood supporters turn up there on Saturday night, and uh, it'll be a a wonderful atmosphere. The Swans having the week off. um, They've rested their players. They come in, they're fit, they're fresh. Playing some really good football, but Collingwood have just got this never-say-die attitude and they were terrific against Fremantle the other night. 90,000 people at the MCG. They have got the Collingwood army. Uh, but they play a good brand of footy, you know. That's the thing I like about Collingwood. They mm. play an exciting brand of football. They never give up. They keep coming. And even when they lost up here a couple of weeks ago, you, you still thought at the back, of the, end of the back end of that game that they could run the Swans down. They didn't. But you just got the feeling with this Collingwood side, they just won't go away. And Craig McRae's done an excellent job with them in, his, in charge of that team for the first season. But no, finals footy, it doesn't get any better, does it, when you've got a home prelim. The Swannies taking on Collingwood, a famous club. And hopefully the Swans can win through to a grand final the next weekend. Bring it on. Pup, who's your hero and villain? for your Monday? Uh, heroes, I'm going to go the Panthers because I doubted them. I thought they were going to struggle uh, with 11 players rested and with their number one playmaker, um, Nathan Cleary, being out for five weeks. But I was completely wrong. They were outstanding. <clears throat> and once again, they're the team to beat in this in this final series. There's no doubt about it. I thought they were absolutely brilliant. So they're my heroes. And villain, no-brainer, Ashley Klein. His career should be over. There you go. He should not referee another game at the highest level. He is horrendous. Horrendous in the bunker and now horrendous on the field. Uh, We all make mistakes. We all have bad games. He has had a stinker of a season and I think his time's up. There you go. Not missing. Loz, what about you? Um, My hero is going to be Aaron Finch. A wonderful career um, in the one-day arena. Short form um, specialist for Australia. Uh, Finished on the weekend his one-day career. I know he didn't get the runs that he liked to have, but I still think he's been a tremendous player uh, in the short form. Uh, So I wish him all the best. Um, So I salute him. And my villain... I'll go away from Pup. I I could have easily joined in, but I I don't want to be uh, as critical. Now let me because create the I can um, the footy side, <laughs> not you. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is a tough job, but I'll stay away from that. I'll go. I think you mentioned it before, uh, Mido, the Erebus Motorsport team boss Barry Ryan, um, and blasted Team Eighteen driver Mark Winterbottom. Uh, they had a bit of a spat there in the in the uh, well. Was it after the race? Wasn't it? Yeah, after in the pit, race pit in lane. pit lane. Um, just don't know whether you need to be pushing and shoving in that environment. Yeah, it was uh, dramatic there across in New Zealand yesterday. Uh, my hero this morning, uh, very early, the Sevens Rugby Sevens World Cup, the Aussie women have won the final. They've beaten New Zealand 24-22, so they're World Cup champions, our women's seven side. So they're my hero this morning. And uh, the men, by the way, 
they finished fourth. They were beaten in the semifinals by Fiji. And then in the bronze medal match or the bronze final, they lost to Ireland, 19-14. And uh, uh, New Zealand and Fiji, I believe, are set to play in the final for the men's. In fact, Fiji have won it 29-12 to in uh, the Rugby Sevens World Cup this morning. But our women, superb. And my villain, yeah, was Klein for the... For the Radley Simbin in particular there yesterday. But, uh, yeah, take your pick. Um, your Raiders, loss. So Craig Bellamy's side won't be in a preliminary final for the first time since 2014. Isn't that incredible? I think they've got to the prelim every year uh, since then, but not this year. And the match was sealed with a Falcon, Jordan Rapiner, <laughs> uh, scoring after the ball came off Seb Chris's head. But... Uh, Gee, they just cause the, the storm problems, don't they, the Raiders? They find a way. Well, it's just got the game plan that suits playing against Melbourne. You know, it's unorthodox at times. Um, they're very aggressive. The storm, uh, you know, they don't worry about the storm. They play their own style of football. They've got a forward pack, experienced forward pack, that just know how to deliver in big games. Joe Tarpany is arguably the best front rower in the game. You've got Josh Papali starting to find his best form. You've got uh, an old pro like Elliot Whitehead in the back row alongside Hudson Young, who's developed really nicely over the last 12 months. Um, Adam Elliott, though, got injured on the weekend. Uh, he might be in doubt this weekend. Um, but, yeah, no, they've they, they played some really good football. And I was always confident with the Raiders going down there to play Melbourne because I know that they match up so well with them. Um, they look forward to the challenge you're going down there. The ground holds no fears. And, and Melbourne weren't playing well. Mel- Melbourne have struggled, I, I think, all season. They just haven't found their rhythm with or without the ball. And I think eventually all those players that they lost at the end of last season and the injuries that happened this year mm. was just too much for them to overcome. They just they just couldn't quite get there in the end. But the Raiders, they take on Parramatta this weekend and that'll be a tough game. It'll be difficult to win up here. Um, yeah, Parramatta Stadium or Combank Stadium, uh, whatever we're calling it these days. It, it, it's a it's a magnificent venue. The Parramatta Army will be out in force. There'll be thirty thousand people there. Um, they'll walk into a hostile environment, but if the Raiders can reproduce what they did on the weekend, then they'll give themselves a chance. There's some question marks about. Got to be a question mark over Mitch Moses, doesn't there? I mean, oh, he was sitting here, out. sitting here now. I mean, you know, you, you you've got to put. Um, yeah, the, the medical team will look after him. There's no doubt about that. And they're in the best position to make a judgment call on Mitch Moses. But I'm just wondering now whether the league, not, not for this game either, by the way, not, I'm talking more next year, that they have a mandatory policy. A minimum amount of time. A minimum yeah. amount of time yeah. that you have to be Well, it's probably, it's probably been a couple of those this season, mm. I reckon, where, you, where it's looked bad and you've gone, geez, that's... Yeah, I think when you look when you lay prone on the ground. Yeah. Well, what about when you get yeah, when you get the shakes? I I think there definitely has to it has to be looked at that you've got to spend more than a week on the sideline. It's a ten, twelve day stand down minimum period. I mean, but you've got to leave it to the experts because they know the player Mm. and they are dealing with him all the time, so they know whether he's fit or not to play. And again, I'm not just saying that because it's Mitch Moses this weekend and I don't want the rules, rules to change. Mm. And I hope he's all right. And I want, I want him to be there. But you'd think there'd have to be some doubt that, over that, him. That happens in all sports as well. This is, this is the problem I, I've always felt with rules, the, the, the current rule. It, it, it's going to be dictated by how important the game is. Like, we see it with Tupo. What about with his groin injury? If, 
if if that was just a normal, it wasn't finals game, he's resting for another week, maybe two weeks. But because it's such an important yeah. game, you bring him back early, he redoes his groin. Like, it's going to be no different with head knocks. Unless there is a mandatory stand-down policy, don't tell me that, you know, Mitchell Moses, if this is club footy, it's a no-brainer. He's not playing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, that's a He's fair definitely point. not playing. That's a fair point. Well, well, we can only assume well, that okay. that's, that's going okay. to happen. I'll, like give, to, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt. You'd like to think that the okay. medical people, the doctors, would be taking a little bit more care with their players. Well, but hang in, on a second. Okay, because it's because it, we're talking about the brain, the head, mm. we see it different to a different part of the body. Yeah. So, Tupo, groin injury, for example. What if he ruptures his groin? Like, if he comes back early, like he did, mm. re-injures his groin, what if he ruptures his groin? Well, like anything, I think they have to pass, yeah, an assessment test of through, course. throughout the week. And I'm sure it'll but, be but no I, different for the head knock as well. Yeah, but I, th- I think with he- head knocks more so, with the long-term effects that it can have yep. with repeated brain injuries, I, I think when you look at head injuries compared to a groin injury, a hamstring injury, a knee mm. injury, I think they'd assess that differently. Then this one's, a, if, if that's the case, and this is a note, Mitchell Moses mm. isn't playing for four weeks, let alone one week. Mm. Yeah, well, well again. And, and, oh. that, and this is not the only incident yeah. this season where yeah. you, uh, South yeah. Captain, ah, um, yeah. oh, South, what's his name? Cam Murray. Cam Murray. What, how yeah. bad was he? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I, look, I, I don't disagree you know? with that. And that's what I'm saying. I, I think we need to look at it as a game. Now, if players uh, can cast, leave the field, and are ruled out of that game, I think there needs to be a, a set period Compulsory. where they are stood down from. So, so whether it's a 10-day period, 12-day yep. period, one game, whatever it may be, I just think now where the game is at with head injuries, and I know you know, clubs will say that they're taking, um, you, know, um, you know, looking at each issue differently, which they do, and, you know, they take great care with their players and their welfare um, is at the forefront of their minds. But I th- still think that it should be taken out of their hands somewhat. I-, I think there needs to be a policy there in place that, you know, if if, if you're suffered a head knock and you've been cussed in that game or you've left the field and you cannot go back on because you're out of that game, yeah, they've said that you haven't passed your HIA, well, there's a 10-day period where you cannot go back and play rugby league. Jeff, good morning. G'day, boys. How are we? Not bad, buddy. Yourself? Yeah, good. How was your weekend, lads? Yeah, pretty good, actually. I ventured down to Adelaide, Barossa Valley, for a... Oh, yeah, nice. Yeah, had a bit of work down there yesterday, but, jeez, yeah. what a what a spot. Good, good weather, good people. Good spot. Good it? wine. Yep, mm. very good. A couple of things. Uh, thank you for the um, gift card and the whatever that drink is from last week. Oh, very the Saint and Sinekai. Yeah, you won it last week, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Um, I've got Heroes and Villains. Go for it. Um... I've made numerous phone calls about Kevin Klein over the years. My villains of the NRL for actually appointing him. They knew that they knew what they were going to get. There isn't a game where he refereed. And I know how hard the game is for them, but there isn't a game that he hasn't been involved in where there's some controversy. Yeah, I mean, yesterday was just disgraceful. Yeah, his time's up. It was. It was actually beyond a joke. Yeah, I agree. Um, and my hero. Uh, Loz, you'll know this bloke. He's he's, he's nearly 107, <laughs> but he coached the premiership yesterday. Steve Goshen used to coach West. Oh, did but, he really? Uh, Stevie? Yeah. He coached the Rouse Hill Rhinos to a premiership yesterday, his first year. Oh, well done. 
Jeez, yeah. he's been around a while, Jeffrey. He has, mate. He has. <laughs> and he's, he's done a he's done a ripping job, and his first year, and mate, he's still going strong. Oh, good on him. We like to see people like that still involved in the game because they've got a lot of great knowledge. A lot of great knowledge. Yeah. And I, I was in the dressing sheds with his pre-match talk and, mate, it was fantastic. And I'm just so proud to say that he's a mate of mine yeah. and he's done a great job. I'll tell you what I love about guys like Steve, uh, Jeff. They give a lot back to the game. You know, oh, they've, they've been experienced, but they're... You know, they, they get back to the grassroots and impart their knowledge and help young players... Um, and again, you know, none of them might go on and play in the NRL, but you never know who, who, who they speak to and who they have an impact on and what other people learn. Loz. Not about uh, football skills, but life skills also. Loz, he, he got sacked with West and he could have easily and um, you know turned around and not been involved. Yep. He went back to grassroots, as you say, coached Metro Cup, Massey Cup, coached mm-hmm. Lebanon to a World Cup. Um, and he's, he's given so much back to the game. And I don't give him compliments. <laughs> I was going to say, that's unusual for you, Jeffrey. No, no, no. <laughs> I, don't stri- hey, I don't stroke his ego. You know me, Loz. I don't do that. But you know what? To be involved for that long. Yes. And you know, and not a lot of people know that he was a, a professional boxer, Johnny Lewis. Oh, I didn't know that either. No, yeah. no. He won a, um, no, he fought for the Australian title. And, he's very understated man, isn't he, Steve? Oh, he's wonderful, mate. Yeah. And, you know, you talk to Johnny Lewis about him and he says he's one of the toughest he's ever trained. And, Mate, just really proud. Really proud of him. Good on you. Good on you, Jeff. Uh, we've got... Thanks for the call as always, mate. Crossy, good morning. Morning, lad. What have you got for us for your heroes and villains, mate? Yeah, we'll start off with a negative. We'll make it short because everyone's going to say the same thing. Um, I don't think I've seen a referee lose control of a game like I saw yesterday. So, um, yeah, Klein, you've got me um, me villain, mate. Uh Move on to the positive. Uh, I'm going the AFL and NRL final series, series full stop. They had both those codes have produced absolute crackers nearly every game. And then you look forward to this weekend, and you've got the blockbuster in Sydney and the MCG, and then we get our two new stadiums for our uh, NRL games. I, I, I just back to back. You get constantly changing channels. Like I think this series has been unbelievable. Yeah. Can't disagree with that. Uh, the AFL games have been superb, and we got drama in uh, the four NRL matches over the weekend. It's been a great start to September, no doubt about that. Appreciate your call, Crossy. We've got uh, Steve here. G'day, Steve. How we going? Yeah, pretty good. Thanks, mate. Um, all right, start start on the bad as well. Um, Kyrgios's antics. He gets you in, he gets you in, and then he just kicks you in the nuts. He's terrible. That was disgraceful, what he did the other day. I think he got, what, um, five fines, I think, out of the tournament? Oh, I thought he got five in the first three games. <laughs> um, the heroes are going to be uh, Jordan Spears and Storm Sanders for winning the mix. Ah, uh, yes. It, it yeah. got lost. It got lost in everything. Yeah, I guess since, obviously, since Kyrgios got knocked out, I suppose we've probably tuned out a bit, haven't we? But, uh, no, it's a great call-out. Storm Sanders, John Pearce winning the mix, Douglas. So they're the first Aussie duo uh, to do it there at Flushing Meadow since Renee Stubbs and Tom Woodbridge back in 2001. That's it. And can I just take that previous caller? I want to take one step further. This Saturday is Super Saturday in Sydney. You've got the... You've got the AFL at 4.40, and for some reason, we've got a rugby league game at 8 o'clock at night. Now, I personally think they've talked, and there's enough time to get from 
the SCG to the new Allianz Stadium if you want to go to both. Do the double. <laughs> now, there's five group ones on Saturday. If Philandis wants to be the hero to everyone, which I reckon he is, why doesn't he flip the card? Why doesn't he run the five group races between, say, race two and six, finish about 3.30, then give you an hour to get from Randwick to Moore Park to do the triple? <laughs> He won't be looking after the AFL. <laughs> no, no, no. I think he already is looking after the AFL, mate, because he's got an eight o'clock start. Like every Saturday, we have it. With the, yeah, but they're always they always start at seven fifty on a Saturday night. Yeah, no, seven fifty on a Friday, seven thirty on a Saturday. Oh, on the yeah. weekend, it, it was on seven fifty, and I think they've always started Super Saturdays. They do, but but semi-finals will start. I'm pretty confident on a Saturday. And a Friday at the, in the later time slot because nine has the rights, rights to and they have a big say. Yeah, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But if he was to flip the card, so if for, for the punter, you can go and watch five group races. Yeah. Then you can go across to Moore Park watch the Swannies. Then you can go next door and watch the Sharks. <laughs> if it was the other way around, I reckon yeah. he might. <laughs> if it was rugby league, I don't think he'd be doing uh, that to uh, yeah, to, to give the he AFL want you a bit to watch of a. The AFL. Nah. <laughs> nah, he doesn't want you to do anything with the AFL. Yeah. It's all about the league and. And the racing, and um, you know, it is a good day though. Talking about racing, five five group ones, five group ones this weekend, Mitter. Uh, don't think they're no, not five group no, ones. Group races, only, group races, group races. Right, yeah, because you right, got the, you got the George Main yes. is the group one, but yep. the Concord's going to be the feature of the day because you got all those Everest horses yeah. running. Yeah, no, I, I, oh, sorry, the the shorts. No, I, I think where it's sort of placed at the moment is is good, but I tell you what, there's going to be some people around. Oh. You can go to the races. Go and have a few beers and then straight to the footy. Foxy Cleopatra. What's Never going ran. on? Didn't run. Oh, so it's running on Wednesday at yes, Sandown. Sandown. With footy finals fast approaching, it's time to crack open a couple of furfies with your mates and enjoy some unbelievable moments. Whether it's bearing witness to a six-beer carry in a crowded pub, fitting five mates onto a three-seater sofa for the game, or actually witnessing footy history unravelling on the screen in front of you, unbelievable moments pair perfectly with a furphy. Grab a case to share with your mates this footy finals. Uh, getting to the end of the early games in on the Sunday over there in week one of the NFL, and I'm not sure that Cincinnati or Pittsburgh want to win this game, Loz. Every time I keep looking up, they're missing kicks. It's in overtime. Cincinnati have missed two chances to win the game, and Pittsburgh just had a 55-yarder hit the post, and it's 20-all. A uh, minute, just over a minute left in OT. Not a great start for the 49ers, Mitter. They've gone down to the Bears, 19-10. So Chicago weren't expected to do well this year, and 49ers were expected to do a really good job. Trey Lance starting as the 49ers quarterback. Calls for Garoppolo. Yeah, he they're going to come. Quarterback. It's inevitable. Uh, yesterday, Pup Australia finished that series against uh, New Zealand with a 25-run victory and uh, Aaron Finch retired uh, and he made five in his final dig yesterday, but uh, Steve Smith with 100. Uh, so now we were uh, interested to see what they're going to do as far as the next one-day international captain is concerned. Do you think they might sp- like not want to overburden Pat Cummins, might actually split the yeah, roles? Yeah, I'm not sure what they're going to do, um, Mido. I, I feel... Um... Well, Paddy plays all three formats. I think that I think it's going to depend a lot on is, is this Finchie's last T Twenty series as well, the World Cup? Is that his finale there? And he walks away from that. So then they need a a complete short form captain. Um, 
you know, do they go with Paddy and just have one captain across all three formats, or do they see that's where they can give Paddy Cummins a bit of a rest to keep him fresh for the test matches um, through the one-dayers or the 2020s? I'm not sure what way the selectors will go, but uh, Finch has had a stellar uh, short-form career. I think he's been brewing in the one-day format, the T20 stuff, and, um, yeah, he'll be disappointed he didn't make any runs in this series, but happy the boys got another win for him as well. So they beat the, the number-one-ranked team, New Zealand, three-zip. Um, and it's a nice way for, for Fincher to go out. Would have liked to see him make a few runs. But, yeah, now the key, get into form for this 2020 World Cup, win another World Cup for the Aussies, and um, then wait and see what he wants to do. 13.53.53 is the number. Rod, good morning to you. Is it better than yesterday morning, I suppose? Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, I'll tell you what, Rod, it was a good game, though. It was a good game, mate, the Cows and the Sharks. That's the game of the year. No doubt. It was a cracking game. Look, my hero is going to be a strange hero. I got two, but Valentine Holmes, what a field goal. What a moment. And Mr. Nico Hines, if you could not put a better performance in and win the game, to check, you know, that was just fantastic. My villain, guys, all year, all year that Connor Tracy decision has been a penalty try. Now, for some reason, the referee in the video bunker decide to not award a penalty try and for the last seven minutes, leave Canelo with only 12 men. It would have been 30 to 28 with 13 men. I still believe, because when you think that took Cowboys to the last minute to get that try to equal it, I still believe that we would have hanged on with 13 men quite easily. Mm. Disappointing. Move on to South next week. Confident. Don't know how many players South are going to have. What I told you before my message, it's a bit strange that Twice this year, teams have played with 11 men and they've lost next week, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It just obviously takes a bit out of them, I'd say. that That's one of the reasons. When they're playing with 11, it, it can gas them that week and then the next week they just can't get up. But if if, if the Sharks play the way they did on the weekend, uh, I think they can get South Sydney. Uh, but the, the fans have to travel to Allianz Stadium, Rod. You confident they'll travel? It's all good. They'll be there. Beautiful. Good man. Thank you. Well done, guys. I'll see you at Knockout Glory not long now, mate. Good on you, Roddy. We will. See you, champion. Good on you, Rod. Uh, Shane, morning. Hello, boys. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks, mate. How was the weekend? Uh, yeah, not bad. A few quiet ones, or a few rowdy ones. Um, boys, uh, I'll just quick message to uh, Rod down there at uh, Nowra. Sharks <laughs> out in straight sets, boys. They'll be gone next week. Um, heroes. The mighty Chicago Bears, you know, <laughs> nineteen ten over the 49ers. A lot of people tipping the 49ers to go all the way this year. Fantastic opening day win at Soldier Field. My villain, mate, Melbourne Storm. We were ordinary. Second half, never seen us fall off so many tackles. And uh, I, you could see why Belly Ake had enough. And the best thing what he said was after the game is we're going into the open market at the end of the year, which is good. We need to rebuild, reload. Yeah, they, they need to reload. They need to get a couple of front rowers, I think. I think they need a bit of help there. Christian Welsh uh, will be good. I, I'm nearly a fan of Big Nelson playing as an edge back row now mm. instead of playing through the middle. Jeez, I think you'll add a new dimension to that team if he can play as an edge. But they've got no middles at the moment, unfortunately. That's where they, they need to strengthen. Yeah, well, we get um, Welsh back. Guitar for the Warriors. Yeah, I, I think he's a good player, Katoa. And you get yeah. also um, uh, Sims from the Dragons. Yeah, yeah we'll get a few years out of Tarek. So uh, 
We'll find something. We'll get on the Melbourne production line and find something. What, more importantly, what about the dominance of the Dolphins? What's happening there? <laughs> hey, boys, I've got some good news on the Dolphins. Yeah. They've just released all their um, schedule for next year. Seven games at um, uh, Sun, uh, Suncorp, two at the um, at, um, Sunshine Coast, and three... At Dolphin Stadium, baby. Can you imagine that joint rocking when we play at home up there? It will be jumping. 14,000 crammed into that joint. Another 1,000 at the club on the balcony. The place will be a graveyard for NRL teams. Well, it's going to be the story of the off-season, though, isn't it? Cameron Munster. Now, as far as the Storm are concerned. He's not now, staying with the Storm. Yeah. He's leaving. 100% he's gone. Yeah, I think he, I think he's going to the, going to the Dolphins. Yeah, it's going to be, uh, I think we'll know that within a few weeks, won't we? Certainly probably by November 1. Yeah, I think he was going to stay with the Storm. And the Storm have said, we can't increase our offer. So if you... The Storm, if, if the storm you, knows. If, if, yeah, if, if you're going to sign at Melbourne and you know that that's their final offer, you're going, you know what, uh, thanks, uh, but no thanks. Because I know what I can get on the open market and... I think I think that'll that decision will be made before Christmas where Cameron Munster's going. Good on you, Shano. Uh, Mal, morning, Mal. Morning, guys. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. Thanks. Got a hero on billing for us. Yeah, my my hero is Aaron Finch because of his overall record in one day cricket over many years. Um, I remember when he started playing at the twelve year old down in Colac in Victoria, um, and it's just been. I know he's. His record lately hasn't been that good, but overall he's been a a damn good cricketer for Australia. And my villain is the young lady from the Newcastle Knights who put out that Twitter grab on Friday uh, regarding the passing of the Queen. Um, I don't really care who it is. Uh, It's just not the right thing to... Yeah, the NRL Integrity Unit's investigating that. Uh, Was she actually right? It was just, Yeah. yeah, it was... Uh, she wrote, you know, not in support, I guess, of the Queen. Uh, I, I have to check exactly what she wrote on social media, but it was taken down a few hours later and the NRL invest, uh, Integrity Unit is investigating that. Uh, so thanks for the call, Mal. Just on um, Aaron Finch, I, I didn't know this until I read it in the paper on the weekend. In terms of um, hundreds for Australia in the one-day international arena, he's, he's number four. So you've got Rick, Ricky Ponning, who's made 29. Then you've got Dave Warner, 18. Mark War 18. And then Aaron Finch, 17. Mm. Yep. I, I didn't realise he'd made that many hundreds for Australia. No, he's had a good career. Yeah, mm. yeah he's I, done, Finch has done very well in the short form. Yeah. Ahead of guys like Gilchrist, <clears throat> Smith. Who's been yeah, he's a, he's, Finch has opened the batting his entire mm. career as well. So that's, if you're going to make 101 day cricket, it's yeah, where you make it. But, like, yeah, but when you yeah. talk about... Like oh, people been, that, that he's, he's been, apart again, you look at the last four months. I wouldn't have had him in the top five. Yeah, and and he scored some mm. good ones as well. Mm. I tell you, who he did dominate against England, who have always had a pretty good attack as well. He, he scored a lot of runs against England. Um, yeah, he good player, Finchy, aggressive, um, takes the spinners on. Um, he would have, would have wanted to have played more Test cricket because I know he, he loves his Test cricket. But yeah, I think he can certainly hold his head high the way he's performed in in One Day cricket. There's no doubt about it. And, and even 2020, and um, I'd love to see him hold that 2020 World Cup trophy in, in a couple of months' time at the MCG as well in front of 100,000. 
Okay, plenty on the text line here. Zero four one nine seven six seven two seven two. Morning boys, heroes and villains. Hero Steph Gilmore. I'm winning eight world titles at Aussie yeah, record. Call. Yeah, good we were talking call. about that as it occurred Friday morning. Villains Ashley Klein setting another Aussie record with seven sin bins in one match. Cheers, George, sending that one through. Uh, my hero, Grant Atkins, the way he refereed the Cowboys-Sharks game. He put the whistle away. It was a great game. And Villain Klein, that was disgraceful. Um, what would Valandis be thinking? Because that performance was terrible for the fans, says Big Daz. Hero, Trent Robinson, he's one cool dude. And Villains has to be Ashley Klein. Let's hope Fitzy uh, does us all a favour and knocks the rabbits out, says Rooster Dan. Uh, setting that one through. G'day, boys. Could you get Laws to explain the Mulatalo no try, where Ramian was an obstruction, uh, apparently. My hero's Craig Fitzgibbon for the job he's done with the Mighty Sharks so far. Villain has to be the obvious client for completely losing control in an elimination final. final. Love the show, fellas. Robbo from Narrabri sending that one through. Oh, look, I, I don't agree with it because I think players play for obstruction calls now. Mm. They know if someone's on their outside shoulder and they have to go across to try and make a tackle, if you just make contact with that guy who's on your outside shoulder and fall, and there's a try off the back of that, the video referee, when they have a look at it by the letter of the law, they have to give a no try. And, and players know that. And, and players play for that. That's why when you talk about you know, the rules being black and white, I, I don't agree with it. A lot of people do say, well, you've got to have black and white because I think we're allowing players to take it off as we are with contact to the head as we are we, we, we look at it and we say we don't want to see it but we do we see slight contact to the head and teams or players they know they know if they stay down the referee or the video referee will have a look and then they get a penalty out of it, it's, it I, don't, I don't think it's a good look I don't think it's a good look. And the same with the, the obstruction. You know, the obstruction, which happened the other night, Valheim's played for that, for sure. But for the letter of the law, they just go, well, let's deny him an opportunity to get across and help make a tackle. Now, haven't mentioned it yet, the multi. El Rocco let us down, Loz? Just got nutted on the line. Mm. We're in third. And had to run wanted, top two, didn't it? You had to run top and two. And you got Shades of Rose, right? Shades of Rose, yeah. Shades of Rose, she ran well. Gee, she stepped through the grades really well. Oh, a couple more strides, she, she, she would have, wouldn't have hung on. But um, Espiona, everyone was tipping Espiona on Saturday. Heads up, punters. The Sticky and Smoky crew are at it again, but this time it's all about the roar of supercars at Mount Panorama. Sticky Wings and Smoky Barbecue are giving you and a mate the opportunity to win a VIP experience for two at this year's Bathurst 1000, including a full weekend hospitality package, a grid walk, track, lap and accommodation. Now, this is a serious bucket list opportunity. So keep an eye out for Sticky Wings and Smoky Barbecue in your local IGA. And if you can't find them, then ask the manager to get them in. To enter, simply go to stickywings.com.au or smokybarbecue.com.au and register your details. It's that easy. That's stickywings.com.au or smokybarbecue.com.au. Supercars never tasted so good. Adam Pengilly, good morning. Morning, Jared. Morning, boys. I see the, the text line flying about Ashley Klein, aren't they? Losing control of that game yesterday. Can, can I ask a serious question? When, when do we put the responsibility back on the players? losing control themselves there yesterday. Because, to me, 
they've got to take a lot of responsibility for how that game sort of dissolved, especially in the second half there yesterday. Uh, yeah, no, that's a fair point. Uh, but I think sometimes, though, Adam, the rules have allowed the players mm. to do what they were doing yesterday. I think both coaches walked into that press conference yesterday, in particular Trent Robinson, and was quite critical of his own players and both teams for letting the game get to the stage where it did, and particularly in the second half. And listen, I don't, I don't think the, the match officials made every single decision correct. I think definitely that Tom Burgess tackle on James Tedesco should have been sent to the stimming before he was sent 30 seconds later. But, you know, but he what... overreacted straight away with Victor Radley, Adam. Yeah, I... That was an overreaction straight away to put him in the bin. Once you've done that, you've yeah. set the standard and there's no coming back from that. Yeah, I, I, I get that. But did, did he not try and throw a little slight punch there? I don't, oh, I don't think it was a punch, no. Well, I don't think it was definitely a close fist. I don't, it wasn't a forceful punch. I'm not, I'm not arguing uh, that that was the case. But you're right, Loz. He, once yeah. that happened, the, the standard was set. But by the same token, like, especially in that second half there yesterday, I was watching that game thinking, okay, I loved all the drama and the brutality and the niggle in the first half, but let's just get on with playing footy, boys. That game went forever yesterday. Mm. Like, absolutely went forever. But, mate, you can't get to a stage where you have players knowing if they've got been clipped around the head. Of course. And, and I'm not saying that it didn't hurt, but they've been clipped, the referee misses it, and then you just stay there waiting. Mm. Like, that's not the game. That, that should be back on the NRL, though, shouldn't it, Was The NRL themselves, not the referees. Yeah, but the, the game has allowed that to happen. Of course, of course. That, that's where I, I get upset. With I the reckon... game has allowed players to just stay there waiting for the video referee to have a look, and then they determine whether it's a penalty or not. Adam, Klein's got to go, in my opinion. He's hopeless in the bunker. He was hopeless yesterday. We see it every single game. There's that aggression and that. We've seen that style of footy so many times this year, and yet sometimes it oversteps the mark, but... To me, his decisions yesterday were disgraceful. And I think he cannot referee another game in this final series. Well, it'll be fascinating to see, Clarky, because he was a state of origin referee. Yeah. Three. Well, even I think that was a mistake as well. Yeah. If, there if, you he go. Doesn't, if he doesn't get any of the two games this week, well, then it is it is a bit of a fall from grace. Yeah. Like, like, listen, I, I tend to agree with you guys to an extent, but also I'm looking at both those players and come on, guys. Like, let's just get on with it. Let's get up in tackles. Don't lay down. Let's just keep playing footy. And it just, to me, that game. It wasn't enjoyable to watch in the second half, I don't mm. think. No, I, no, and it just kept going. Yeah. Like yeah. It was... I wanted to turn it off. After that last send-off, I was like, oh, is this, like, is this really happening? Yeah. Seven, I don't care what anyone says, seven sin bins. Mate, in local rugby, in country rugby league where there's <laughs> 25 all-in brawls, there's not seven sin bins. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah, what, what time? Did, what, what, I was obviously at the game yesterday working. I don't know what time the news started. Yeah, it's about eight time. minutes past six. Seriously. But Adam, I, I can say this, and I've said this for, well, how long have I been saying, you know, about oh. the games just dragging oh, on? Three years. You, yeah. you want it to be <laughs> fast and you want it to be furious, and at times yeah. we do get games like that, but then you get some games, and, uh, you know, not as bad as yesterday, but it's two stop start. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We're starting to be like NFL. And the one thing I hate, Lodz, is the captain's challenge. I'm, I'm, I'm over the captain's challenge. I don't know what you boys think, but that, that one where we were... Yes, sometimes the referees might get a decision on the field wrong and it's overturned, but we literally sit there and play stand around for two minutes waiting for a captain's challenge to be decided. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. All right, let's talk some racing then. And uh, overnight, very very elegant has run third in a field of six there in a 2,400-metre group two at Longchamp. Uh, I've seen it this morning. She was much better on yeah, this occasion, yeah. led them up to Adam. 
Yeah, she was definitely improved, Jared. I sat up and watched that race last night, the pre-foire, I think they call it. I think, hope I got the pronunciation right of that race. But you're right, it was only a small field, six horses. And she went forward under Christoph Simeon to lead, which is completely out of character what we've seen from her in Australia. She's always been a very keen-going horse, keen going horse. so they tried to ride a little bit of cover back here in her, in her career in Australia. But she went forward there yesterday, and she gave a decent kick in the straight and was already gunned down by one horse that sort of peeled off the back of her heels late and flashed to win. And she battled with the second horse to, for the runner-up and just was nosed out there. Yes, it was an improved run. Um, whether it was good enough to justify heading towards an after triumph, I, I don't know yet. I think probably maybe one thing, I, I want to be a little bit critical of the ride there with Christoph Simeon. He went probably a little bit too slow in the lead. We know her probably best mm. asset is her staying power. Like, I thought he might have could have gone a little bit earlier on and tried to get the other horses off the bride a little bit earlier and try and make use of her aerobic ability. But it sort of turned into a bit of a sprint home and she was uh, gunned down by one or two late. So... I don't know what the owners are thinking. There's a chance there to go to the Arthur Triumph. There's another Group 1 race on Arthur Triumph Day for fillies and mares of 2,100 metres, which actually suited down to the ground. But I wouldn't say she's completely back on track, but certainly a much better performance than her first run in Europe there. Jeez, James Cummings looks like he's got a couple of handy two-year-olds. Uh, three-year-olds, sorry. Yeah, what a great day for Godolphin at, at Rose Hill on the weekend, Loz. Uh, in streak at first of all, was great in the run to the Rose. A race where not a lot of fillies have contested in the past, and none of them had won previously. So she's broken new ground there on the weekend. She was really dominant. The market gravitated towards her on Saturday. She was fantastic. Best of Bordeaux was much better under J-Mac there, and his customary roles sort of uh, being pressed forward. Natuno was the unlucky runner in the race with Tony Gollan and Huey Bowman. He never got a real fair crack at him, and probably a pass mark I'm suggesting for Fireburn coming back after a two-year-old feats, and uh, Prometo was good for Jard, and I thought wasn't too bad late in the piece, but had nothing, nothing away from in secret. She's probably going to be the horse to beat in the Golden Rose. Uh, what a great finish it was in the Maccabi Diva down south at Flemington. I'm thunderstruck, just running down alligator blood. Well, for the entire length of the straight, Jared, you never thought I'm oh, thunderstruck was going to get there, did you? Like, alligator blood had that race wrapped up until the final stride, and he just peeled off his heels late and got the bob, so... Well done to uh, Mick Price and Mick Kent. Uh, fantastic work for them to win the Wheeling like Group 1 with I'm Thunderstruck. I'm telling you what, I'm starting to warm towards Alligator Blood in the Cox Plate. I know he's untried at that, te- uh, that trip, but I reckon Mooney Valley might be a course that suits him. We're a really tight-turning course where he's going to race on speeding and slingshot off those bands and maybe catch a little bit of break on him down the side there and into that home straight. So maybe Gay can win a Cox Plate after all later this spring. It wouldn't be quite controversial that it comes with alligator blood. Yeah, certainly would. But uh, what a spring in prospect it is. Great days racing Saturday at Randwick. Can't wait, Adam. Thank you. We'll chat tomorrow. See you, boys.